what Chris failed to tell you is that his father will be here at the third service, and he said he, he and Chris are going to sit with scorecards. So, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the best votes on the Board of Ordained Ministry I ever made was that our pastor would be a pastor, and I, I rejoice in that. I never thought he'd be my pastor, but it's good to have a good pastor. Pray with me, would you? Lord, were these words that we are about to share a part of your word and in your will, plant them as a seed and help them to grow. And where they are not, let them to be a dry leaf that shall be blown away in the wind, and no one will remember them. So I pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Let it be. Amen. So I ask you earlier, and I hope you do have at least in your mind a sense of prayer list. Our one little passage of scripture comes from a man who had a very deep prayer list. You heard the 18 prayer list items that he would have lifted up every time he entered into the temple and any time he entered into prayer. Zechariah would have prayed that way. And we do know from the scripture that, that Luke records, there is just this one little baby piece of scripture, but wouldn't you just love to hear that as you pray today? Here's the text. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Isn't that a great confirmation? Wouldn't you like to have that? I'll give you a counter interpretation of that, one that I like. It goes a little bit like this. Zechariah, the prayer that you no longer pray has been heard. Think about that for a few moments as, as we dig a little deeper. But uh, prayer list. Chris did a series of sermons and he had boxes up here wrapped. And I was thinking, Chris, that um, in the post-Christmas time, I've heard tale of a, of, a, of a sweet, now that I'm getting up there, a contemporary lady, um, an older lady who uh, kept her prayer list on a scrap of Christmas wrapping paper left over from the holidays because she had two gifts that she had to remember to buy and two people that she was especially praying for. So she decided to conserve and she put her prayer list and her gift list on the same piece of paper. Two names. The first, Janie. That was her granddaughter. Her granddaughter was getting married down in Florida somewhere. She felt she was too old, it was too hard. She wasn't going to make the trip, but she really should send a gift. And so she was praying for Janie to have a great wedding, and she was praying she would find the right gift. And the second name on the list was a, a little different circumstance. It was Hildy. Hildy lived in a mining camp in North Dakota, and it was going to be her birthday, and she felt like she needed to remember her old friend, Hildy. Two names, two gifts, take care of business. Pray about both of them, buy them a gift. One for a bride, one for a, an older lady in a mining camp. No problem. Take care of it. Do it. So she went out and she thought deeply about it. Hildy always had cold feet. Well, what was the best gift for cold feet? She said, I know what to get her. I'll get her some ski socks. That'll keep her feet warm. We might have needed them this morning, but we'll, we'll take care of that. So ski socks, 
Hildy's taken care of. Scratch one, maybe. Number two, Janie. Well, what does the bride need? Let's get her a satin and lace beautiful nightgown. It'll be lovely. It'll say, Grandma's thinking of you. And she went out and she found that and she came home and she said, okay, I've got them. Now only one thing left, got to mail them. And so she said, I'll take care of that. She went to the post office and she mailed them. She came home, she got out her piece of paper, her wrapping paper. She looked at them. You'll forgive her if she was feeling just a wee bit smug. She'd taken care of business. She had done what she needed to do. It was done and she thought about it as she sat over her cup of tea and she thought, now, this is going to work so well. I did what I'm supposed to do. I took care of it. I wrapped the gift. I put that beautiful, beautiful set of ski socks. They're warm. They're lovely. I remember I wrote the Florida address on it. I mailed it. <laughs> and that means I have sent Hildy in North Dakota, <laughs> old Hildy in North Dakota, a nightgown for a bride. And she wept. And she wept. And she looked at her prayer list. And she thought to herself, God, how could you do this? How could you let me do this? How does this answer prayer? It's on my prayer list. Well, you can imagine she waited with some nervousness as the days went by. The wedding came, and, and so it was near time for that wedding, and she got a, a card actually a little bit of a note from her granddaughter. She opened it thinking, oh, she's going to think I'm an old fool. But she opened it, and the letter began and said, Grandma, you are amazing. How could you have known? We told no one, but you knew. How did you know? Our honeymoon is going to be spent at a ski resort. We have looked all over Florida for ski socks. There are none to be found. And you, you are so amazing. You knew and you sent them and we are saved. You are wonderful. And she thought, oh God, thank you. At least my granddaughter doesn't think I'm crazy. But then there's Hildy. Well... Letter came, postmark, North Dakota. She didn't open it right away. She didn't want to face it, but eventually she did open it. And when she did, she read it. And, it, and the note said simply, my, my dear, dear friend, my dear, dear friend, it is Hildy's birthday. Everyone that looks at her says, look at Hildy, old, out of shape, lives in a mining camp. So what do they do? They send her mittens, scarves, hats, socks, but not you. You send Hildy a dancy dress. <laughs> she said, I, I looked at my beautiful white dancing dress and I thought to myself, only, only my friend would have the spirit of heart to see me in a dancing dress. And I, I put some logs on the fire. 
I put on my dancing dress. And my old Tom, he'd come home from the mine. <laughs> and he danced with me. <laughs> you, you are so precious. My old Tom said I was beautiful. I think he fell in love with me again. Now, what's on your prayer list? That wasn't on hers. <laughs> Father, hear the prayer we cannot say. Sometimes God knows what we need more than we know what we need. So remember the prayer list, would you? And think of the rolling hill country of Judah. 18 miles from Jerusalem, there's a small community called Hebron. In Hebron, there lived an old couple, a priest, married to the daughter of priests, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah's name in Hebrew means God remembers. Elizabeth's name in Hebrew means God's oath can be trusted. For years and years they had kept the faith 18 times, twice a day, 18 prayers lifted up. But one more, the offspring prayer. For years and years they prayed for a child. All they wanted was a child. Let there be a child. And for all those years, even though they were considered blameless and righteous and people of, of great statue in the community, people whispered and said, but God really doesn't love them because they have no children. And so after a while, they stopped praying it. Why pray it? Obviously, God wasn't going to answer it. And they lived their life, and they tried to be good people, and they, they tried to, to say that it was all right, and, and it was all right. Because, you know, we don't love God because he gives us things. We love God because of who he is. We love God for, for being our God, our Savior, our Redeemer. We don't love God because he hands out things to us. We love God because he wraps his arms around us and holds us. And he held Zachariah and Elizabeth through those years of wondering if their name would be remembered in Israel. Zechariah was a priest. He didn't live with the other. Most of the priests lived around Jerusalem. Zechariah chose to live in the countryside, minister to the people there. Two weeks a year, he was called to go up to Jerusalem. And there, with a whole multitude of other priests, he took his place to serve. For two weeks, he would serve. Now, the way they decided what you would do was by lot, so that no one would be jealous of what the other one got. And so each of the priests would go up. And most of the time you drew out and it said, you will pray. Well, that's not a bad thing to be called to do. You will pray. And Zechariah pulled out and found as he pulled out of the, the lot, it said, incense offering. Now, for you and I, that might not mean much. But for Zechariah, that meant a lot. Because to be given the chance to officiate as the offerer of the incense, was considered a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, once-in-a-lifetime privilege. As a matter of fact, the person who got to do that for the rest of their life was called the rich and the special. For the rest of their life, people would look at them and said, you were privileged to lay the incense on the altar, and you are a rich man. No matter what's your bank account, you are rich spiritually because you were given a chance that comes only once in a lifetime if you're very fortunate. And he drew that, the 
incense offering. And so Zechariah got the opportunity. He, he got to choose two people, two of his special, special friends among the priesthood that would help him. And the three of them entered in and stood before the veil that, that contained the Holy of Holies, the most sacred spot of all of Israel. And they stood in there. And the first one came in and cleaned the altar. Can you imagine? Being a janitor of God was considered a great honor. And they cleaned the altar. And then retired out, leaving two. The second friend spread coals on the altar. And then left. Zechariah stood alone before the altar. He prayed his 18 prayer list ending with peace. And then he had the incense. The incense offering was beautiful because it symbolized that God was accepting prayer. You believe that God accepts your prayer? And Zechariah was preparing to offer that up as he was preparing to say that God accepts prayer. He turned, and by the candlestick, he saw someone that he did not expect to see, for no one was to be there. And it was the angel Gabriel. And God is mighty, the angel of God's might. Zachariah was just placing that incense lifting up to the God who accepts prayer the angel spoke to Zachariah and said the prayer that you no longer pray has been heard offspring offspring prayer, prayer that somehow he and Elizabeth would be allowed to love a child, the offspring prayer. You will have a child, you'll call him John, God is gracious, he will be great, and from the moment of his conception he shall be a Nazarene, he shall be dedicated to God child dedicated to God in all things. Imagine what that felt like. God has heard a prayer that you have given up on. So, remember Zachariah's name? God remembers. And that's the blessing for today in our prayer list you know, sometimes we think in that prayer list that, that, you know, once we stop thinking about it, that it just disappears, it's gone, it's, it's no longer there. But God remembers. God cares about your prayers. God cares about the things that you put aside. God cares about and it's not always in the granting of what we want, but in what his will demands and what his will allows. And the angel 
Gabriel said, you shall have a son. and You'll know him as a gracious gift. And he will drink no wine. He will not cut his hair. And he will not touch the dead. But he will be great. And he will go before the Messiah. Zechariah said, how? Don't you love the biblical characters? The biblical characters are us. We are like them. They're not heroic in stature all the time. Sometimes they're just like us. How can this be? I'm an old man. How can this be? I'm not sure if the, the underline of the text said, and you have no idea how old my wife is. I don't know if even Zechariah would have dared to bring that before God, but he might have. I'm an old man. And the angel basically said to him, your age is not how God measures his miracles. God measures his miracles by his love. But because you doubt, you shall be speechless. You shall be without words until you declare the truth of what God has given you. Now that's a basic problem, friends, because one of the things you do when you offer up the incense prayer is that you come out you climb up onto a landing, the high priest is just above you, and you offer the benediction so that everybody knows they can go home. Can you imagine our pastor having that angelic experience, stepping out here, prepared to give you the benediction, you're standing, you're thinking about your car, you're thinking about your dinner, you're thinking about the football game, and he can't tell you to go. Basic problem. Fortunately, as Zechariah departed the innermost part of the temple with his heart filled with the majesty, the power, the love of God, but not being able to speak because he knew, he knew that in that moment he had doubted that God could be who God says he is. And in that moment, he had, to, he had to deal with that. And there had to be some humility. And that humility was to stand before all the priests and people and be without speech. And he stood. And the people seeing him recognized by his face that he had seen a vision. And someone stepped forward and gave the benediction. And Zechariah, eventually, in the gathering of his family, when they were speaking among themselves, knowing that Elizabeth was pregnant, of what shall be the name of this child? Because if you knew the name, you had power in that person's life. What shall be his name, Elizabeth? And Zechariah sat down at a table and took 
his writing instrument and wrote, his name shall be John. And only then did he speak. Only then could he speak. His prayer list, the prayer that you no longer offer, God hears. There was a great, great little movie that I enjoyed so much. You may have seen it. It's called Facing the Giants. You've seen that? Facing the Giants is a, is a real story. It's about real people. And Chris is more a football expert than I, so I won't get into the football side of it. i just get into one scene with you. The wife of the coach has prayed and prayed and prayed that God might bless her with a child. And she has just prayed her heart out and she believes that she might be pregnant. She's going to the doctor for confirmation. And she goes and the doctor comes in and, you know, she knows what the doctor's going to say. She just knows. And the doctor comes in and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you better news, but no. I'm sorry. You're not. And... The wife of the coach, and, and you need to know that these two have found a, a sense of joy in their marriage because they have rediscovered the power of honoring and praising God together. And there's a sense of, of faith that's, that's just permeating them and the school and the team and all that. And, and, and she's been part of that. And, and she literally almost stumbles out of the doctor's office and she gets to her car and gets the door open and she sits there and she can't even start the engine and as she's, she's just sitting in the car and, and she's, she's grappling with all that she's feeling and, and finally the words come out of her and as I say this is a true story of, 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 of this movie is based on a true, true event and true people and, and this was what she said I will still love you Love you. Could you feel that? In the time of the deepest, deepest hurt, can you find your, your solace and your hope by simply saying, I will still love you, God. Then the doctor runs out, runs to the, she starts, the, the woman has started the engine. She's ready to leave to go tell her husband what she must tell him. And the doctor runs out as the car is beginning to back out and grabs onto the, the window of the car. He says, wait, wait. There were two of you by the same name. We mixed up the fowls. You're pregnant. You're pregnant. But as much as that made me smile, it was the faith of this woman when her heart was broken to look into the face of God and 
say, I will still love you. That was on her prayer list. I will love God. What's on your prayer list? What's on your prayer list? Would you pray with me? So much on our prayer list, Lord, so much on our prayer list. And many things that years ago we whispered and you still hold in your heart. Lord, you, you know us. You know the person whose heart is broken. You know the person who fears the doctor visit. You know the person who prays for children going through tough times. You know things that we've forgotten. You know things that we have yet to learn. We bring our little prayer list that hold our hearts and we lay them before you but even if the prayers that we so desperately lift may not be answered in the way that we would shape, because of your Holy Spirit and because of your loving, loving Son, we can still say, we still love you. In the strong name of the one who even on a cross still whispered words of love, we give you our prayer.